The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. So, we are kicking off a new series today. Um, like I said at the beginning of the service, this is a very sensitive season. It's New Year. You really need to get into the flow. Get into the flow of what God has in store for you this year. Praise God. I have this already. Thank you. Um, God has already declared the year a year of divine elevation for you. Somebody say, it's my year of divine elevation. Prophesy over your neighbor. Say, it's your year of divine elevation. And what that simply means is if you will cooperate with God, guys are distracting me. It doesn't matter. Please. There are too many people coming on this stage. I'm supposed to be a preacher. Praise God. If you will cooperate with God and flow with God, just like Jabez, the hand of God will lift you up this year and set you on a high place that you've never been before. And when we say this year, we mean this year going forward. Hallelujah. So it's so important that you are not distracted. It's so important you key in, in case you are that guy that the pastor said was sleeping. I don't know if the pastor meant someone particular, or you are one of the people that are sleeping in the spirit. And if you will listen and hear the things we are saying in church and teaching in church, you can discern or ascertain whether you are sleeping or not. I want to encourage you to come out of your slumber. Wake up. Glory be to God. Wake up. I started sharing with you at the crossover service that one of the names the Bible reveals God as is Alpha and Omega. Alpha means beginning. Omega means ending. And one of the things we can take from that is that we should learn to start with God and end with God. And if you are going to start and end with God, it means everything in between, you also do it with God. And that applies to everything in your life. Don't start a relationship without God. Don't start a family without God. Don't start a job, a business without God. Start with God. Learn to do it. If you don't know how to do it, I'm going to show you how to do it. We keep teaching things like that in church. Commit yourself to be that guy that you will never take major steps in life without God's involvement. And all through the journey, do it with God. This is day 14 of this year how well have you been living with god and we don't say these things to scare you to intimidate you or to condemn you the simple truth is if you don't do it with god you will not get what god has promised so all we are trying to do is for those that are already doing it with god to encourage you to continue and for those that are not to challenge you to repent, to change your way, do a 180 degree course, a 180 degree turn, and start heading in the right direction. Why would you even want to live life without God? And I'm not just talking being born again or coming to church. That is part of it. But when we say these things, you, you measure it with the things God tells us. You measure it with the things God tells us. Glory be to God. Revelations 1, let's again look into what Alpha and Omega means. I told you it means three things. Based on what Jesus said to John in the book of Revelations. Verse 8, let's look a bit into it now. I just mentioned it at the cross of our service. I want to start from there this morning. I am Alpha and the Omega. I am the Alpha and the Omega. It means the beginning and the end, says the Lord. It also means who is, who was, and who is to come. I was in the past, I am in the present, I am in the future. And this is the main meaning I want you to catch. The Almighty. 
the Almighty. There is nothing I cannot do. I have all might. I have all power. Glory be to God. He went on in verse 17. I am the first and the last. Still describing what Alpha and Omega means. I am he who was alive or who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. I am that guy that death cannot touch. And death cannot kill. And death cannot hold down. So you don't have a problem, sir. I can raise back your dead business. I can raise back your dead marriage. Even your life, if you die like Lazarus, I can bring it back to life. I am almighty. Why would you not want to do a year with somebody like that? You can do anything. Glory be to God. That's what Alpha and Omega means. I can do anything. I have all might. He went on in Revelation 21. So that the first meaning I want you to grab. This is why we encourage everybody to start your year with God. And start it strong. Don't do any year year Christianity in 2018. Start strong with God. And if you have been starting strong, start stronger. This is how you know if you are working with God. Are you seeing the almightiness of God in your life? If you are not, whether you come to church or you like call yourself the actor of operations, if you are not seeing God demonstrating his almightiness, sir, you are not doing something right in your work with him. That is not to condemn you. That is to inform you that there's something you need to adjust. He is almighty. If you start with him, he will demonstrate his might in your life somewhere along the journey. Can I hear loud amen? Number two, Revelation 21. Jesus describing the meaning of Alpha and Omega, first and the last, beginning and the end. He said in verse 6, and he said to me, it is done. Glory be to God. I love that. Help me look at someone and say it is done. Or like Jesus said when he was on the cross, it is finished. Tell somebody your miracle is done. Your breakthrough is done. Your miracle is finished. Your blessing is finished. It's settled matter. It is done and I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of life the fountain of the water of life freely to him that thirsts. Describing what Alpha and Omega can do or what Alpha and Omega is. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him that thirsts. Look at verse 5. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. That is my ability as the first and the last. I can get the job done or I have gotten the job done. I have finished it and because of that I can renew anything. I can give you a fresh start. I can restore. Doesn't matter what you have lost. I can restore life. I can restore health. I can restore peace. I can restore joy. Work with me. I told you it means he's a restorer. I can give you new life, fresh life. Doesn't matter how yesterday was. I was thinking about this. I hope there's nobody here, just referring for the service, that you are sad, depressed, unhappy, on the, just messed up because you had a lousy 2017. Don't move too much. This is what I'm talking about you. But I hope you are not here, or if you are here, you should change. Because even, let me even grant you, December 2017 was the worst month of your life. You should understand that God is a restorer. What if God gave you the best month in January 2018? That you should know who you are working with or who you are dealing with or who is inviting you to the table. He is a restorer, a renewer. He can give you fresh life. Can I hear a loud Amen. I will give, look at that verse 6 again, of the fountain of the water of life. How will I give it somebody? Freely. That is all caps in my notes. 
a God of grace. All these things he's doing, he's doing freely. So why will I not receive it? Somebody lift your hands and declare, I receive your rain. I receive your blessing. I make all things new. May God give you newness of life in 2018. In those areas where there have been sorrow and disappointment, may you experience the restoration power of God in the name of Jesus. That's what Alpha and Omega is. That's why we should start with him. Start our year with him. Start our relationships with him. Start your month with him. Start your week with him. Start your day with him. The next ourself, start it with him. Don't to engage God in your work every time. At the minimum, at least, at the beginning of each year. Say with me, he's almighty in my life. He's a restorer in my life. And thirdly, Revelations 22, he's a rewarder. Revelations 22, 12, behold. First of all, he told us in verse 13, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. But he now described what that means in verse 12. Behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me. To give to everyone according to his work. So this is how God does it. You start with him and he works with you. He gives you direction and instruction, correction, reproof and all that. You walk with him all through the year. At the end of the year, he will reward you. Can I hear loud amen? So starting strong is vital to finishing well. And finishing well will help you to start stronger the following year. And then as you start stronger, you can finish better the next year. And then you can start even stronger the following year. It's a cycle. Have you noticed that when the day ends, there's no break. Another day begins. When the month ends, there's no break. Another month starts. When the year ends, there's no break. Another year kicks in. to God. Say with me, Lord, I'm starting with you. Put those hands and pray and say everything I need to adjust in my work so that this year can be better than last year and every other year put together. Lord, grant me the insight. Grant me the wisdom. Grant me the revelation. Grant me the understanding. As I start with you. Open your mouth and pray. Pray. Receive grace to start. In case you've not started well. Or started strong. Receive that grace. Consciously make that switch. Make that switch. There's a grace for it. These things are given freely. The only people that don't enjoy them are the people that disqualify themselves. Freely. I will give freely. I will give freely. I will give freely. I will give freely to him that thirsts. So you express your thirst in prayer. And if you started strong already, receive more grace to continue in that vein and to be stronger this week than you were last week. To be stronger today than you were yesterday. In the name of Jesus. When we walk with God, put him start with him and end with him, we will see his display of his might. You will experience his restoration. You don't have to worry about the devil stealing from you. I mean, he told us in Malachi, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I don't even have to rebuke him. God will do it for me. I will restore what the thief has stolen. Glory be to God. And you will know that for every seed you are sowing, for every effort you are making, for every sacrifice you are making, there is a reward. So you can do it joyfully and cheerfully. There is a reward. He's a rewarder. He gave them talents at the beginning of the day. Traveled on a journey. And when he came back, he asked them, what did you do with it? The first guy came and said, you gave me five. I have multiplied it. I have five more. He gave him a reward. The second guy came and said, you gave me two. I have multiplied it. And I have two more. He gave him a reward. There was one rascal there. Help me look at your neighbor. Don't be a rascal. Did nothing with what he was given. 
Now, rewarder is a very interesting word in the Bible. Watch what he did. He blessed the guy that did well. He collected what he gave the rascal at the beginning. And gave it to the people that were doing something with it. So, this is not, okay, I can be neutral. Sir, there's no neutrality here. There is no neutrality here. In the spirit, there's no vacuum. If you are not walking on the right side of God's reward, there's a negative side. That will never be your story in Jesus' name. Collected the thing. You see, it's a reward that you must know that that's God. I'm not going to be wasting my air, wasting my sunshine, wasting my water, wasting my pastor. Keep preaching. Year in, year out. You know it's God that gave me this teaching. <laughs> Glory be to God. Say with me, I receive grace to work with you this year. Prophesy, lay your hands on your head. 2018 will be my best year to date. My best year. 2018, I will elevate. Nothing is going to keep me on the same level. Come on, somebody pray it and, and take it. Take, take it. Moving forward this year. In the name of Jesus. We are starting strong. Glory be to God. So, so we shared with you during the crossover service the things that hinder people from flying. And I gave you a word. Who can remember that word? Talk to me. I'm hearing one person's voice. So who can remember the word we talked about that hinders people from flying? Ah, only three people. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> He's a rewarder. If we teach you something, <laughs> you don't. Oh yeah, let me hear you. Was it? Uh-huh. That's better. Even if you are borrowing it from the first guy that said it. It's better than not knowing it at all. I want to talk about another word. And I will probably go further in it in the course of the months. And the word is first. Why people don't fly. And if you can't fly, you can't elevate. You see, flying is ascending to a higher level. Elevation is when you get to that higher level, you stay there. Or you stay nearer there. Or you don't return to where you were before you started flying. So I was on ground zero before supernatural. And then the spirit of God came. The word of God came. Worship came. Prophecy came. Anointing came. And I was blessed. And I moved to cloud four. And now after supernatural, I'm not going back to zero that I was. Even if I can't maintain four that I was at supernatural, at least I'm staying at two. Or I'm staying at one. Or I'm staying at three. That is elevation. Can I hear a loud amen? For example, there are certain things we have never done in this church before. Before supernatural. God told us, I will pay for everybody's financial problem. And he started doing it. I mean, the last time I checked, we had used millions in a short season. Provided by God. Now, of course, maybe we've not gotten to everybody, but we can count. Every time I look at that welfare account, there's always money there. Or there's money to do That was a flight for us in church. Glory be to God. An elevation will be for us to sustain that thing. Not that we go back to the way we were, then we wait for next supernatural. So by the grace of God, we are sustaining that level this year in the name of Jesus. Let's keep operating at that realm. You will be in this kind of church and you are struggling to pay your house rent. You are struggling to pay school fees. We were not doing that before, but we've flown to that realm. And elevation would be to stay there. Or near there. And when God increases you some more, you now break into that realm. Tell somebody, elevate, 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 elevate. Then say, fly, 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 fly. You have to fly to elevate. So to me, the prophecy of 2018 is just a continuation of the prophecy of 2017. Great flight, divine elevation. So you need to know the things that hinder people from flying. Or if you are a more positive-minded person or you only like to hear your own messages in a positive direction, keys to elevation, however you want to say it. We are saying the same thing. <laughs> Praise God. But sometimes you need to sound to people that if you don't do certain things, sir, you are not going to fly. 
That's why sometimes I like coming from that, the things that hinder people from flying. So you don't think, ah, eh, I can be doing these things, and because I'm director of operations, it doesn't matter. Sir, you'll be grounded. Call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. It's not by title. It's not by title. If the Bible was written in 2017 or in the 21st century, most likely, rather than just using eagles to teach us about flying, which they did in scriptures, they would have used airplanes, if not even all the scriptures in some of them. Airplanes. Because that's how men fly today. There were no airplanes in those days. So when they looked up in the sky, the only things that were doing great flight were eagles. So they use eagles to teach them about flying. Because men are meant to fly. Can I hear a loud amen? But men need to know how to fly to overcome the gravitational pulls, the spiritual gravitational pulls that hinder you from flying. That you won't remain on the ground all the rest of your life. Shout with me, I'm flying in 2018. I'm flying. And after flying, I'm not coming back to where I used to be. See, that's what you use an aftermath season for. I, mean, I, I shared a testimony. There was an income target I set for the church, a realm we had never touched before at the beginning of last year. The month last December, we hit that for the first time in the history of this church. That that kind of income will come in a space of one month. We are not going to go back to where we were before. That's elevation. So you need to learn the things that help you fly or allow you fly, which is the same thing that it's, a, it's about overcoming those things that don't allow you fly. Stop underestimating things that are necessary. I only gave you five, but there are so many more. Don't underestimate people. That's one I didn't have time to talk about, and I don't have time to talk about it today. We'll talk to you about the word first today. Particularly as we are starting with God. First. Because this is another reason why people don't fly. Or this is a key to flying. So learn to use it. Somebody say first. I want to use one word so it can be very simple so you won't forget. You don't have to remember a sentence, you don't have to remember a slogan on estimation. First, Romans eleven sixteen. Open your Bible there. All of us are familiar with Matthew six thirty three, or most of us are. Seek ye first. Hallelujah. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. So, what you do first can affect what happens after. And that's the principle we want you to understand. First, what you do at the beginning of the year can affect the rest of the year. May you not struggle all through 2018. First, what you do at the beginning of the month can affect the rest of the month. What you do at the beginning of the week, at the beginning of the day, at the beginning of your career, at the beginning of the job, at the beginning of the ministry, the foundation can determine whether the building will stand or not. First. First. To be spiritually asleep in the beginning of a year it's a Forrest Gump can't be that stupid. That's <laughs> and again, if you don't know who Forrest Gump is, just remain ignorant. I'm sure you catch my spirit. The beginning matters. The first matters. Romans eleven sixteen, for. If the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. In other words, make the first fruit holy 
automatically the lump will be holy. And if the roots is holy, so are the branches. Now, we understand the latter part easier. You know that if the root of a tree is corrupt, eventually that tree will die. Am I right or am I right? Everybody understands that. He's now telling you the way a root works is the way the first works. The first is a kind of root. The first is a kind of root. It determines what follows. I don't have to cut down a tree. I don't have to... If I can attack something at its root, I can kill its future. So if Satan can corrupt your first, he can corrupt the rest. So the Bible takes time to tell us about first. And basically the wisdom is give God the first. Put God first. Give God first place. You need to learn to live your life that way. This is why people don't fly. God is not first in their life. God is not first in their life. This is why, take it from you, don't, look, you only have one lifetime. Don't spend that lifetime trying to see whether even if I don't go put God first, I can fly. You will not fly, sir. I'm preaching Bible. Learn the truth that the first is like a root. If you can master how to put God first in your marriage, first in your career, first in your finances, first in your ministry, first in your year, you will fly. Because if the first is holy, the rest is holy. That's the principle. Because if the root is holy, the branches, the fruit will be holy. In the same way, if the first is unholy, if the first is corrupt, if somebody is doing forest gumpish life, Using the early part of January to be running at a skelter, worrying and crying, rather than giving it to God, most likely we struggle throughout the rest of the year. Simple things. Look, we've been doing this message for 20 years. These things work. Learn to put God first. Simple. Nothing complicated there. Nothing except there's a devil involved somewhere. Learn to put God first. God deserves to be first in your life. Not yourself. Don't put yourself first. Though. You can't handle yourself. You can't promote yourself. You can't protect yourself. You can't heal yourself. You can't bless yourself. You can't even make a single strand of hair on your head grow. Why put yourself first? Why put your children first? You will manage those children yourself. And you are limited. Why not allow God to be the teacher of your children? And to help you with your children. Why put your career first? That company can crash. That business can be relevant by somebody's new invention five years from today. Go and ask Kodak. Before the advent of all these smartphones and digital cameras, Kodak was the reigning photographic and they were somebody now invented and that was the end of the end of the company. Who knows? Five years from today, microphones may be relevant. Maybe they will put one chip that the picture can be put in his throat and when he's talking, everybody's saying him. So if you invest all your money in microphone company, you are finished. The only thing that is ever constant, and thing is not the appropriate word, person is God. Nobody will ever be higher than God. He's almighty. Nobody will be stronger than God. Nobody can overtake God. There's nothing they can invent that will go past God. So, learn to put God first. Is somebody with me this morning? Put God first. Talk to people around you. Say, put God first. Put God first. I don't think they had you. Help me look for another two people. Tell them, put God first. 
That's how you position yourself to fly in life. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of your increase. So this is now applying the principle in financial material terms. And it's giving us a little definition of the principle of force. It has to do with honor. When I say God, as I start this year, you are Alpha and Omega, and I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to, like we do in Kingsford every January, we align ourselves to your purpose for our lives. We seek his face in fasting and prayer. And we make that a kind of life. It's honoring God. And the first fruits of your increase, it comes with a blessing or a reward. Verse 10, your barns shall be filled with plenty and your vats shall overflow with new wine. I prophesy under, over someone under my voice. In 2018, you will handle plenty. In 2018, you will see overflow. But understand the key. Understand the key here. God must come first. Let me mention this as I begin to close this morning. I studied that word extensively and I keep studying it. I found out that it's applied in scriptures in three major ways. The word first. Remember God doesn't speak English. God speaks spirit. So, number one, first means position. Yes, God should come first. So when I wake up in the morning, spend time in praying or seeking God. Start my week, come to church, seek God. When I get increase or income, I should separate the tithe and Sow it to God. First, position. Do God's own first. My life, the will of God, the purpose of God to do the first thing I'm asking. Okay, I have 24 hours a day. And by God's grace, I will live to be 100 or 120 years. The first thing I want to do with that time is the purpose of God for my life. First, the position. When you start, I will go into this. This is part of what I'm going to be teaching extensively in the midweek services by God's grace. Another application you see in scripture is not just position, but it also means the best. The best. It, it, it refers to first there, first when the Bible says putting God first, it talks about quality. So it's not just about giving God first, it's also giving God my best. One day God looked at the sons of Eli. He said, when the people bring the offerings, why do you, re you reserve the fattest for yourselves? And you give God the other ones. So they, they brought offerings to the church. And as the priests, they were entitled to partake of the offerings. The sons of Eli will now, they will give God his offering, no, but maybe they brought Mercedes Benz and they brought Bito as offering. And God told them, partake of what they bring. The wise thing to do was to give God the Mercedes Benz and you, the prophet, take the Bito. But they were Forrest Gump prophets. They kept the bands for themselves and gave God the beetle. But God was not happy with them. Why are you taking the best and giving me... So, the first has to do with giving God the best quality. So, it's not just enough to say, okay, I, I use 10 minutes to pray and I always pray first to God. Then you now use the best of your life chasing money. You are not fulfilling what God is really seeking also. Even though you are doing the position part, you are not doing the best part. Your, your, your best effort should be for God. I'm not saying you must be a preacher. So say, take what I'm saying in balance. But you, if you think about it, what did God give you? His son Jesus, his best. Why should you give him anything less than your best? Quality. That's what that word means. I will take time to break it down for you in scripture. Quality. In fact, let me, let me give you one verse here about this verse. It's one of the most hidden ones about the principle of force. 
James 1.18. Of his own free will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Amazing um, text. Talking about the new birth. Look at it again. James 1 verse 18. Of God's own free will, he got us born again. Brought us forth. How? By the word of truth. And this was his goal. That we can be first fruits to him. What is he talking about? He's saying that of all God's creation, men were the best. The cream de la cream. Of all his creation and his recreations, he reserved the best for us. That's why we are smarter than animals, we are smarter than plants. They are all creatures of God too. They are smarter than things. Of all, we are smarter than angels. There is no other creation God made that God made in his image and likeness but you and I. And he used the word first fruits to describe that. He's not talking about we were the first thing God created. No, we were not the first. In fact, in the story of creation, we were the last. But we were the best. That's why the devil is angry with man. We are superior to angels. The devil is an angel. That's what first means. It means not only does God deserve the first as in the position, you don't give your landlord money first, give your boss conductor. I mean, some people pay boss money before they pay tight. It's forest gumpish. Learn to program your life that God comes first. Position. Then also God gets the best from me. Don't give God any kind of your yes service. Talking about why people don't fly. They don't understand the principle of God first. And the third thing it means when you study scriptures is the most, the largest. So, first talks of three main things. Please hear me. You guys are getting very quiet this morning. You are checking your life very well. <laughs> Amen. One preacher said, when people are quiet, when you are teaching, it means that they are getting what you are saying. Lift your hands if you are getting what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Again, we don't teach these things to condemn. So maybe you are not been doing them. You, all you need to do is just to recalibrate by the help of God's Spirit. You can get better and better and better. So it speaks of position. Somebody say position. It speaks of quality. Say um, quality or best. And it also speaks of proportion. The most. So, in Israel, see, somebody said this amazing statement of wisdom. God's position is God's preposition. God's stand on any matter is what God tells them to do in the Bible. Or God's disposition, rather. God's position, God's stand is God's... So, when you see Bible... And you see patterns of what God told them to do. It tells you this is God's stand on the matter. So they would have children. And when the father wants to split the inheritance. Like the story of the prodigal son. Let's say the father had two sons. Or three sons. Or four sons or five sons. Instead of just, let's say he has five. Instead of just dividing his inheritance into five portions. He will divide it into six portions. And he will give the first son double. And the other ones will take. The firstborn always had the most. God should get the most. Out of our lives. That's what, if you study that word first, and the whole concept of first fruits in Bible, in the different ways they used it in scriptures, you will see that what God was telling us was, put me first, I must be the number one thing on your mind. Not yourself, not your wife, not your children, not your job, not your problem. Okay, that, that one is also very forest gumpish. Why should your problem be the number one thing on your mind? Slap your neighbor and say, let God be the number one thing on your mind. So that God can solve the problem. Ah, ah, that, that is so simple, it takes the devil to misunderstand that one. Hallelujah. I hope somebody is not agree with me that I exposed them this morning. I mean, that one is just... 
you, 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 I mean, you have a problem. Then the person that can solve the problem is not what's on your mind. It's the problem that is on your mind. So is it that you want your problem to take over God? God should be first. Number two, God should get your best. Don't give your best to GTD and give change to God. And number three, God should get the most. Don't spend your life in the premiership. And you're not giving God the change. Are you still interested in flying? This is why people don't fly. See, the person that is going to elevate, you know, it's divine elevation, not premiership elevation. And not you. Mourinho is not going to give you any salary increase. If you like, support Manchester United from now to Kingdom Cup. I can tell you, some of you, where are the Manchester United fans? Don't move too much. They don't know I'm talking about you. If you take half of that, your devotion, and give it to God this year, you will see your life at the end of the year. He asked me, which team do I support? I said, I support the winning team. My life is easy. Nobody is going to depress my weekend because somebody did not play football very well. I support the winning team. So if I'm not like, let them come out of uh, FA Cup. That's their business. I support the winning team. And that's God's side. God can never lose. So I'm always happy. Whether it's Leicester that wins the premiership or Sharks. It doesn't matter. I was coming from church one day. I like that days. No, October days. What, Nations Cup. Nigeria just won a match. We finished service. I can't remember it. And the way people were jubilating because we won that game. As I was driving by, God said, if you praise me like that in church, your life will be better. And I compared the jubilation of Super Eagles winning to the praise we did. I answered, that's why my life is like this. From that day, I made up my mind. Ah, no. Nobody will get more praise from me than God. God deserves the best, not premiership. The way you shout when Ronaldo scores, or the way you are depressed when Ronaldo loses, like last week, if you did that for the house of God, your life will be better. Telling you the truth. Or the word of God, or the spirit, your life will be better. God is not first in many people's life. That's why they are grounded. You learn it. You learn it. This is not to condemn you. You just mature in the things of God. This is not to say you should not watch premiership. But mature. Here God gets the best out of your emotions than one year year football game. Can I say your friend? We have a whole year, so you better like me. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands and say, I put you first, Father. Come on, talk to him and make a switch if you need to. Put you first. Positionally, you will be first. I will do your own first. You will get the best from me. At least I will keep working at it. So that by June, I will be better than I am in January. And you will get the most of my life. So that by the time I'm 50, I will have spent the most of my life serving God. Not serving men. Or serving the things of this world. Come on, make that switch, somebody. You, you learn to put God first. I tell you, you are going to fly. Easy, 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 easy. You will fly. Particularly if you practice the three things I just shared with you briefly. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now let me get into my message for today. <laughs> Those people that are shouting probably don't know me. Open your Bibles to... I'm serious. That was just to lay the foundation. <laughs> Don't worry. We will finish before the new comes. Mm. Open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, my friend. Stop doing as if you don't know your pastor. Uh, only the first-time members are supposed to be actually surprised, though. I don't know what's wrong with the rest of you. We were finalizing the program yesterday. Pastor I said, hmm, Pastor T, this time you are giving yourself. I said, don't worry, I'll be fine. 1 Corinthians 13. I just want to introduce it and we'll continue next Sunday. Hallelujah. 
1 Corinthians 13, 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. Don't worry, I'm closing. Actually, I have two points. So you better, the earlier you open, the better. <laughs> I have two closings. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say with me, I will not underestimate the things I need to fly. When that jet wants to take off, if it needs 200 miles per hour, and you know there are different kinds of jets. One jet may need 40 miles. For example, what I need to fly this year may not be what someone that just got born again needs to fly. I can't be praying like a new convert. And I'm the senior pastor of the church. And I'm saying I want to fly. And I've been born again for 25 years. So there are different kinds. Like, look, if they're taught flying, if they wrote scriptures of flying now, they will use jets. The speed, it, it does, if it needs 200 miles per hour, it can't speed at 180 miles. It won't fly. It will attempt to fly. It will take off, but it will come down again. And that's how some people are. They attempt to get married, it doesn't work. They attempt to grow the business, it doesn't work. They attempt to be happy, it doesn't work. You are underestimating what you need to fly. You need 500 miles per hour. You are moving at 200 miles per hour. Sir, you are not going to fly. As the ministry of, you need to know what needed to fly. Number two, put God first. And what, we are, what I want to show you here is also vital. Because this will help you examine yourselves. Just like we did last year, God tested, asked them a very provocative question as the year starts. Challenge question. Something that will make them think. It, it, it's not to depress them, but it's to shake them. So 2017, we told you, we asked you how markets. And why is your life like this? Not to depress you, but to challenge you. Sir, you can fly. You can be world number one because you are in Christ. Why is your life like this? So God said, ask them another challenging question this year. I want to give you that question. You think about it all through the week. This is a three-week adventure. We are just having the main services on Sunday. Put something on Facebook yesterday night. I am absolutely persuaded that there is no life under the sound of my voice that God cannot transform in the next three weeks. That there's no way that God cannot do something in your life that by January ending, it's just three weeks from now, you've taken off. Or if you have already taken off, you have gone higher. I don't know about you, me, I'm going higher this January. And, and this text helps us. It said, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. The Holy Ghost spoke a word into my spirit a few weeks ago. He said, ask them that question. It will provoke them, it will make them think, it will make them examine themselves. He said, test yourselves. Like, this is to Christians. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus is in you? Or is it that you are reprobate or you are disqualified or you are not born again? No, you are born again. A child of God. My God, you are in church on a Sunday morning. So examine yourself. Test yourself. And this is the question I want to ask you as we start this year. Last year we said how market and why is your life like this? This is the question. It's a rhetorical question. You mean to tell me and there are five parts to it. You can have more than five but God just told me to give you five. You mean to tell me you prayed and God did not answer you. Examine yourself for whether you are really praying. Because the problem is not on God's side. You mean to tell me you served and God did not reward you? So, examine yourself. You mean to tell me you believed and God did not do what he promised. God did not perform his word. Sir, examine yourself. Maybe you are not believing. No. He said, examine whether you are in the faith. You think you are believing, but are you believing? 
Is somebody still interested in flying? What could me to ask you that question this year? You mean to tell me? You sowed seed and God did not give you harvest. Are you sure you sowed seed? Now, some people sowed, but the problem is as we get into the study, they're not sowing well. You mean you prayed and God did not answer? Ah, that's not the story of people in Bible. Though. When Jesus prayed, the Bible said the heavens had. When Jabez prayed, God gave him what he asked. And you need to tell me you prayed. Are you sure you prayed? Hey, I'm, I'm sowing. I'm not saying I'm best. Are you sure you are sowing? Because when Isaac sowed, God gave him a hundredfold. You mean to tell me you served and God did not reward? Is God unrighteous to forget your labor of love? Examine. We'll give you the second closing next week. Rise on your feet. Half ten people around you and say, Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Don't depress yourself. Look at me. Don't condemn yourself. But this God is not a God you pray to and will not answer you. Examine yourself, sir. That's not my experience. So when I prayed, God has me and he answered my prayer. This God is not a God you serve and he won't reward you. This God is not a God you sow seed to and he won't give you harvest. God told us as you start 2018 and as you position yourself to fly, is somebody taking that posture? Examine yourself. Some of you have been in the faith for 10 years, 5 years. Check how you are doing these things. There are three main questions. What you are doing, how you are doing, why you are doing it. We'll talk about it. And when you do what God is saying, this is like a how market question. When you examine yourself, ah, Pastor T, you need to be praying better like this. Like what I just showed you about Jabez. Some people just they pray and all they are praying. And if, if you tell them and say, what are you praying for? They can't tell you. And you are wondering why God is not asking the prayer. Sir, you are not asking anything. Your mind is unfruitful. You, you are not asking anything, sir. You are not. So, really, you are not praying. You are just making noise. One day, Kenneth Copeland said he was praying. After a while, God told him, here lies a man that knows nothing. Doing all the talking to a God that knows everything. And God told me, shut up, my friend. Let me talk to you. Prayer is God talking to you. Examine yourself. Whether you are in the faith. What we need to and if we will do it like Paul was telling the Corinthians there, God will show you, Pastor, this is how you can pray better. This is how you can sow better. This is how you can serve better. You mean to tell me you obeyed God and God did not bless you? Sir, eh? is that what you are trying to tell me? You obeyed God and God did not bless you. So maybe you should find out whether you are really obeying God These are the five things God told me. You mean to tell me you believed and I did not perform it? You prayed and I did not answer? You sowed and I did not give a harvest? You sat and I did not reward? And you obeyed and I did not bless you? Is that what you are trying to tell me? No, it can't happen. Nobody has ever served God and God did not reward him. Nobody. You, you, you can't even say it. Nobody has ever sowed a seed and God did not give me a harvest. Nobody has ever obeyed. And God did not bless. So we examine ourselves, particularly at beginnings like this. Because what some of us are doing is partial obedience. Don't move too much. They don't know I'm talking about you. What some of us are praying is on scriptural prayers. God, kill my enemy. God is not going to do it, sir. Not in a hateful way. Now, there's a place where you fight and you resist, but not that God should go and kill Pastor Linda's wife because you want to marry Pastor T. I mean, Pastor Tizu, I've got one of my Pastor It's not going to happen. So you are praying, no, but you are praying amiss. You are serving, no, but you are not serving the way you are. 
So what do you do, somebody? You do what? Eh? That's all. And if you are on course, because sometimes you are like a Joseph in prison. Glory be to God. There's nothing wrong with your prayer. It's just that it's not yet the set time. I want to talk about set time today, but I have to close. Set time. So sometimes there's nothing wrong with your prayer, sir. Just that this ordeal is for 13 years, and you're only in year three. So, my friend, continue interpreting the dreams in that prison. Don't stop. You're on the right path. So, in, and when, when you examine yourself, God will tell you, sir, you're okay. You're doing fine. And when you are not, maybe you went to sleep with Potiphar's wife. Don't move too much. I'm talking about you. Say, next time, don't sleep with Potiphar's wife. I won't condemn you. Don't sleep with Potiphar's wife. Lift your hands to heaven. Talk to God. Let's close this morning. Talk to God. No guilt, no condemnation. You are just setting yourself up for the best year of your life. Setting yourself up for the best year of your life. Setting yourself up for the best year of your life. Setting yourself up. No guilt, no condemnation. But examine yourself, sir. Setting yourself up for the best of the best life, the best year of your life. Talk to him. Talk to him. Setting yourself up. Setting yourself up for the best year of your life. I'm going to give you a minute or two. Examine yourself. Some of you, God has already been dealing with you. So what you are hearing is only a confirmation. Only your confirmation. God has already been dealing with you along these lines. Kalabosha. It's a new year. And it's destined to be your best year to date. Kalabosha. Listen. Time will not allow me to go further, but this way I wanted to close the service today. Jesus told them something amazing in Matthew 7. He said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more will your Father in heaven Give good things to them that ask him. So really, my someone that wanted to pray that I've not been able to start is good gifts, good things, and a good, good father. That's the word God has given us for these three Sundays. Good gifts, good things, and a good, good father. Those three things are inside that text in Matthew 7. And God said for these next three weeks, because I'm a good, good father to you, is God somebody's father in this place? I'm going to be giving you good gifts and I'm going to be giving you good things. God just gave Pastor Inda and I a good gift. I'm going to be giving you good things and I'm going to be giving you good gifts. And all I've shared with you this morning is how to position yourself to receive it. Say with me, good gifts, good things. You see, the things are different from the gifts. A gift is always pleasant. The things may not be pleasant. The thing God may have for you, Joseph, is that, sir, you're going to be in prison for 13 years. You know, sometimes a difficult road can be a good thing. It was good that Joseph went to prison, you know. But it wasn't a gift, was it? Prison is not a gift. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the father gives us good gifts and he also gives us good things. Sometimes the good things may seem tough. But don't, don't despair. He's a good, good father. Hallelujah. So when he tells you to examine yourself, don't be depressed like some of you are looking now. Mm-mm. Say with me, he's a good, good father. And he's giving me good gifts and good things all through this year. Starting now. Lift those hands and claim it for yourself in the name of Jesus. Good, good gifts. Good gifts. Say, I receive my own good gifts. Good things. And a good, good father. Good gifts. Good things. Because I have a good, good father. I'm not an orphan. Hey, glory be to God. I am not an orphan. I have a father that is backing me up. 
I have an almighty that is backing me up. I am not on my own. For crying out loud, I'm not even living in your state. I have a good, good father. Come on, somebody thank him this morning. I have a good, good father. One more minute, give him thanks, give him praise. Good being, good gifts, good gifts. Hallelujah. I'm a good, good father. Keep receiving somebody. Keep praying, keep receiving. But as you are doing that, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you are not born again and you are in this house. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.